Well, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the podcast that we're not too sure about the name, but we do know this is all about the drivers. Eric Wesley here with you, along with my compadres, Frank Carroll. How are you, sir? Doing great, Eric. How are you? I'm doing well. Doing well. And Mike Kwiatkowski. Hey, Mike. Hey, Eric. Yep. Can you have doing great, man? Um, another busy week. Big run bid going on. A lot of changes. Big summer coming up. We're growing the we're growing the number of drivers. We're growing the number of miles. So it's been busy, but it's been great. Looking forward to a good summer. Hey, the heat is ramping up, and so is the travel season for us. Right? We're always busy during this time of year. Yep. Absolutely. Well, guys, before we move too far into today's podcast, here's a word from our sponsor. That Greyhound shirt has seen one too many coffee stains in its lifetime. We think it may be time for an overhaul. Upgrade your uniform apparel today by visiting Design Collective by Centos at shop.mycentos.com or call 800-211-0314 to speak with our customer service representative. We are going to be talking about safety here. Um, and we do have the right person to talk about that. But you know, Mike, the last time we were on, somebody was making jokes about boomerangs and Texas Tech. And I think it kind of <laughs> kind of caught him last week when Texas uh, got knocked out of the uh, College World Series. Frank, How bad was all that? Right? How bad was that loss, by the way? One run. It was just Ooh. one run. And uh, it was the Super Regionals. And the funny thing about it, I don't think Tech was there. Maybe oh. you guys were in the stands. That's right. That's right. That's okay, though. I, I tell you, if we had been there, we would have seen the ball and caught it. Probably so. <laughs> they lost Mike on the on the extra inning game where the ball was hit high in the air and they oh. lost it in the lights. I saw yeah. that on YouTube. I couldn't help but laugh about it. I didn't see yeah, it. That's, uh, Karma, that's okay. Frank. Boomerang yeah, Karma. <laughs> that's what it is. That's what it is. That's okay. We'll keep rubbing it in every chance we get. <laughs> well, let's get to someone who can uh, divert us away from these shenanigans between Texas Tech and Texas. Uh, we're talking about safety, and we have the right person here with us, Mike and Frank. Um, Al Smith is joining us. Al, how are you, sir? Um, I'm good, and thank you for inviting me to uh, the podcast. We are glad to have you. Absolutely. A legend in safety, not just safety. He is the legend in safety. <laughs> Last I heard, I think he runs the whole bus industry safety council is what I heard. I believe it. Okay. okay. And he is, a, well, the, this is his second visit, right? I mean, he was one, he was part of the family feud episode that was like the, the third lowest ranked ever, but got the most laughs. laughs. There you go. Well, that's because we didn't have Steve Harvey leading the way on that. So, you know, that's probably <laughs> what it was. Steve and Mike, I don't know, 50 50, maybe. <laughs> Al, before we jump into some heavy questions about safety with Frank and Mike, I always like to let our listeners know a little bit about our guest for today. So, um, can you tell us a little bit about your background? I know you've been with Greyhound for quite some time. I don't recall the number of years, so if you could let us know that and uh, just your journey with the company. Well, yeah, I've been with the company for quite a long time. Um, I started out as a driver, 
And as a driver, um, I worked for 10 years. And back, back then, drivers spent a lot of time on the extra board. So my 10 years driving, I worked the extra board for the full 10 years. Then I went into management oh, wow. in St. Louis in the Midwest. Eventually migrated here to Dallas to our corporate headquarters and worked in what's today called the Operation Support Center. And uh, after I left the Operation Support Center, I went into safety and I spent about five years in the Northeast, worked out of New York and had uh, that Northeast region was my responsibility. And then um, after about five years in the Northeast, I came back to Dallas as senior manager, excuse me, senior manager of safety. Um, and then in October 2009, I took over took over the role of director of safety. That's, wow. that's, that's very, very impressive. It is. Yeah. Wealth of I mean, knowledge. I know yeah. I've got a picture of Al on my dashboard in my car. I'm just wanting you to know that, Al. <laughs> <laughs> well, didn't you, did, Al, didn't you say you hired Frank at the OSC or something one time when you were there? Or was it, well, I got my stories mixed Frank, up. No, Frank. Frank worked well. I worked for Frank actually, but Frank uh, was one of the people that worked <laughs> on my shift. And he, Frank was pretty good at telling me when I was making bad decisions. So, but yeah, we worked together for several years. We did. Yes. Yes. Big hey, part. Al, be- big part of my development. That's for sure. Hey, Al. Before Mike and Frank get going on the safety questions, um, with your tenure here, what's been the biggest change that you've seen? Uh, throughout your time here at Greyhound. How much has it changed? We have seen a lot of changes uh, in a lot of areas. I think the biggest change, Eric, has been in technology. Uh, mm-hmm. That have, have moved the bus industry from the 1960s and 70s to where we are today. It's been technology not only uh, on our buses, which we've seen a lot of improvements in our equipment, but also in the way we handle drivers, the way we work with drivers, um, the central centralization uh, of our dispatch operation, um, the way we communicate with field personnel, with our drivers. Technology has really moved us into the 21st century. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm, and I know we'll get to more of that because I, I think we want to talk about that particularly um, as part of this podcast because you're right. Some of the stuff that we're doing related to safety has really changed the industry in the past 20 years. But I know now I know you've spent a lot of time working on with the DOT. You spent a lot of time working with DMT, FMCSA, all the big government agencies. And we just went through an audit. I know you've been spending a lot of time. You want to kind of give us an update on how that went and uh, maybe some of the things we've learned along the way? Yeah, we just completed the DOT audit. That audit takes about three weeks to complete. Uh, it used to be they came and spent most of their time in our offices. Uh, now, a lot of that stuff is done online. So they only spent three or four days in our office, and then the rest is background stuff they look for. We provide them with all sorts of uh, reading material, for lack of a better term. Um, and based on what we provide them, they make a determination of what kind of rating we receive. There are three types of rating. There are satisfactory, there's conditional, and there, then there's unsatisfactory. Satisfactory condition is the highest rating you could possibly get, which is what we received. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were commended for the thoroughness of our files, the thoroughness of, of actually what our drivers do. Our hours of service really looked excellent. And given some of the issues we've had recently, switching over to the 
new phones, uh, it's been a challenge for the drivers, especially to mm-hmm. stay focused on and in compliance with the driver logs. But that went really, really well. We did have some recommendations, a few recommendations, a couple of recommendations in the maintenance department. Uh, when they do this audit, they not only look at paperwork, but they also inspect our buses. And when they did the bus inspection, they actually found a couple of buses that they needed some work done on them. Mm. So we got that taken care of in short order, actually. We got the, the small items like um, one was an air leak, we got it fixed, that type of thing. And then it's really important that we keep up with what's called PMI, a preventive maintenance program. Um, and one of the challenges we have is because we're a nationwide carrier and our buses can go anywhere, it's very difficult sometimes to get our buses in and have them ins- inspected um, in the time frame that that's a- allocated by us for inspection. So we had a couple issues there that we worked out. And then in our drug and alcohol program, which we've done really well with, a few years ago, they introduced a new program called the Drug and Alcohol Clearinghouse, and that's presented some challenges for us in order to get particularly new drivers um, into the program because they have to provide us with, a, with what's called a letter, allowing us to go and check in the Drug and Alcohol Clearinghouse to make sure that they're safe to drive, they're not prohibited for some reason, and then the driver has to register with the clearinghouse. And so we worked through some of those <clears throat> some of those issues that we had with this whole new process, and we think we've uh-huh. we, we've learned from their recommendations how we can make some improvements. But overall, it was like a really really well um, done in terms of mm-hmm. the report that we received back. Actually, we just got the report back last week, and we got a full satisfactory. We got commended for how well we're one of two companies, by the way. Uh, and I believe U-Haul was the other, uh, not U-Haul, um, UPS was the other company that the auditor said, Greyhound and UPS are probably the two best companies when it comes to having all their records together and hmm. um, really are a safe operating company. So that was a was a real recommendation from the auditor. All right. That's great. Well, that's great. Yeah. Well, and, and fr- you know, we take it really seriously. I mean, as they, all the drivers know, I mean, we're, you know, when it comes to Greyhound, we take safety and compliance very seriously. Um, and I think, and Al's point, the drivers do a lot of the work, right? They got to do the paperwork. They got to do the DVIRs. They got to do the e-logs. And it sounds like, you know, all in all, they're doing a pretty good job. We know we spend a lot of time training them. Frank, you know, we're not doing training and we want to make sure we're going to improve upon it as we go forward on, especially with the new drivers, because we just hired a bunch of new drivers, like Al mentioned. So we got to get them up to the same standard as some of our senior guys when it comes to compliance. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Al, I know you guys, I know you guys take it very seriously. And it's, I'm glad to see that you guys get the recommendations and the accommodations that your department deserves. So well, best news if, I heard all day. If it wasn't for our drivers and mechanics, we obviously we, we'd have some real challenges. But uh, you know, kudos to our mechanics, kudos to our drivers for you know being prompt in getting the paperwork into us, doing doing things like DVIR. We didn't get one issue with with what used to be called the M7, but um, the DVIRs, not one issue. This is the first time I ever remember that wow. we didn't have one issue with with um, the driver vehicle inspection reports. Yeah, that's right. amazing. 
Yeah. Hell, Frank, you can take a little credit for that. You just tra- we trained everybody on it. I'll take a little. Yeah, I mean, Mike, you, you, had, we, you and I worked together on that and building that training and delivering that training, um, whether it's paper-based or whether it's a video or a podcast. <laughs> we did a lot for that. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to hear that the, it's bearing fruit. That's awesome. And I know on the the new drivers and, you know, well, I've been spending a lot of time, you know, hiring and we're doing the training on the new drivers. But I know, I know, Al, I think one thing that may, I guess you, we have to consider is, you know, drew, new drivers are great, but at the same time, they do tend to have some collisions and some fender benders along the way. We're seeing that uh, in our statistics where our collision rates have gone up in the past few months, and that's primarily with newer drivers driving buses and one has to understand of course with new drivers there's the challenge of getting used to the size of the bus getting used to using their mirrors properly all those present real challenges in the first year or two it's the most challenging until they really get comfortable and they really start to understand all the nuances of driving a bus properly al your first year driving can you tell us can you share a little bit about how your first year went and maybe some of the things that you had to learn, maybe even some lessons learned or learned the hard way as your first year of driving? Yeah, I've got a couple of experiences that I can share with you. <laughs> Actually, my first trip driving, it was uh, from St. Louis to um, Indianapolis, Indiana. And on the return trip from Indianapolis, I ran out of fuel. Wow, <laughs> I, le- I lesson learned there uh, really quickly. <laughs> Always make sure you have enough fuel in your bus. Uh, <laughs> I don't mean to laugh, but it happened to me too. As when I was, you know, when I was er- when I was early on my driving days, I ran out of fuel once or twice with my old truck. My dad used to used to drive yeah. my dad crazy. He's like, you can't read a, you know. I guess my fuel gauge did kind of work back then, but anyway, yeah, you were driving well, the bus before the- we even had fuel gauges, weren't you, Al? Uh, well, <laughs> when I first started, you know, uh, I use this, I, I use this joke when I first started, you know, when we stopped, we stopped to get fuel, we, we had to throw hay out on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought maybe you were running to Fred, Fred Flintstone or Barney while you're out there getting gas. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. The hay on the ground. I remember that one. So, yeah, that first year, what I've heard is, you know, how about getting your rest, Al? I mean, that's got to be a challenge, especially if you're on the extra board for all those years. Yeah, it is a challenge adjusting to the lifestyle. Um, you know, you're, you're anyone who's ever worked the extra board realizes that you're on like a two-hour call and you have to be available <clears throat> and ready to go to work at any time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in turn, until you learn how the board works, uh, sometimes you you think you're safe to to go and do something or not have to go to bed right away, and you find that three or four drivers didn't uh, that were ahead of you decided not to work, and all of a sudden you're getting called to come to work. So you learn early on, particularly in that first year, whenever you finish an assignment, you go in, you go home and you get your rest. You make sure you have get rested first before you engage in any other activity. Yeah, I've been in talking with some of the new drivers. That's Seems like that's one of the biggest challenges. I know our last podcast, Roger talked about that. He was a new driver out of Phoenix, and he mentioned that was one of the the keys to his success was building up the stamina and the habit, like you just said, of going and getting your rest first, and then doing other things and you know other things as they come up. 
you also learn the value of taking a short nap. So if you think you're you're going to get called, taking a 20 or 30 minute nap can can really be helpful um, before you go out on the road. That was, I did. I, I picked that. I hate to say it, but like sometimes to, like I pick a 10 minute cat nap after lunch. It really helps my productivity in the afternoon. I don't know if you guys have ever tried it before. I read about it in a book <clears throat> and it's more of a 10 minute. I don't close my eyes and meditate kind of a thing. But I was surprised uh, Mike, that. Yeah. Did you start that before we were remote or? <laughs> well, you know, IT, I, I laugh because the IT guys used to have this dark room where they had a chair. You know, IT had all the all the fun stuff. They had a foosball table, ping pong table, and they had a little, I don't know, it was a le- relaxation room. So every now and then I'd sneak up there and get 10 minutes of, uh, you know, focused breathing and concentration to kind of, but it does seem to help. I'm going to have to try that. Usually when I close my eyes, it's not to meditate, it's to go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. It's like 10 minutes though, too much. And you'll, you know, you wind up, you know, falling asleep, but uh, yeah. So what, I mean, I know Al, I mean, you know, all kidding aside, safety is very important. It's, it's the number one thing. It's our core value. Um, when it comes to new hires and collisions, any other, any other advice you have for, especially our young drivers? Yeah, I think the training they go through, particularly with the go, no go, mm-hmm. where if you're not sure that you can make a turn or go through an area without having some conflict, then you need to stop and make sure it's safe to move forward. And I think that's one of the best things with new drivers because they do have some um, concerns with the length of the bus and the train the turning radius of the bus. Those are all challenges, learning how to use your mirror properly. So mm. when you're not sure, the best thing to do is to not proceed. And and if there's one lesson that can really help a newer driver, that's it. Most new drivers do not have serious collisions. They have right. collisions where they hit a fixed object or they, they bump the mirror or they break the mirror off. And that really all has to do with being able to gauge and understand the, the size of the, of the vehicle that you're driving. Question number one, did you ever have a collision? And what part of the bus did you, uh, if you did, what part of the bus did you ding? Yeah, I, I had, a, well, I had a 10-year safety record during the time that I drove. But wow, I nice. had a couple couple instances, um, <clears throat> one of which um, I struck a vehicle. We were, on, we were on ice. It's a long story. I struck a vehicle with a drunk driver that oh. had lost control. Um, obviously I wasn't charged with the accident because of the road conditions, which I won't mm-hmm. go into, but, um, <clears throat> there was a drunk driver on the, on the highway, uh, <clears throat> who lost control and was sliding all over the highway. And it was interesting because the temperature was about 35 degrees, but at the bottom of this hill, it had, it hadn't thawed yet. And when you hit that, um, it was pretty much impossible for a car. It wasn't mm. so much for me, but it was pretty much impossible for a car to, to maintain control. So he lost control, hit against the wall, and then slid over right in front of me. So, ouch. Ouch. Yeah. Well, congratulations on the 10-year safety record. It's pretty pretty impressive. Well, it's fortunate. You know, some, sometimes um, during those 10 years, you ha- you have some real challenges, but... I learned a long time ago from one of the drivers that trained me who'd been driving for 40 years. He, he made the statement, and I live by the statement, the safest mile that you will ever drive mm. is the mile that's right in front of you. So that's the, only, that's the only mile that matters is the mile that's ahead of you. And if you always drive that way, you can mm. always be safe. So, Al, did you drive before you joined Greyhound, or was this was a new experience for you? 
Uh, I actually drove school bus for a short time. Ladies and gentlemen, we are going to push the pause button on the conversation with Al Smith, but be sure to tune in next week for part two as we continue to talk with Al on the podcast that is all about the drivers.